Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Top to Bogdanovich, drives right by Grant, kicks to Donovan, wide open, catch and shoot three, got it. Joe Ingles holds the ball down low by his ankles. Drives with the left hand, back up to Donovan. Donovan goes right, jab step, pull back three, got it. Donovan Mitchell having quite the first quarter. O'Neal, cross court, looping pass to Ingles, catch and shoot three, got it. Joe Ingles with a little rest is back to his catch and shoot ways, and the Jazz are getting assisted threes here early in the ballgame run. Donovan driving, powering to the rack, double clutching at the rim and finishing for two. Donovan Mitchell seeing Jeremy Grant and thinking of the bubble. There's some highlights as the Jazz get get the victory. Couple wins over the weekend. They blew out Milwaukee. Friday night, that was pretty convincing. A 13-point win, and it followed up with a 10-point win in Detroit. As you said on TV last night, lots of happiness, PK. Well, sure. Anytime they win, everyone's all excited. Uh, they played very well. Now, it's interesting. You know, we talk about defense and blah, blah, blah. And all these highlights are of the team scoring. And you just have to score. Scoring just lifts everybody. It lifts the momentum. It lifts the defensive intensity. And everybody feels good about themselves. And they've won two in a row. they got two more this week on the strip that seem winnable. And, you know, six and four is not bad in a West that's really locked with so many good teams. They're keeping pace to a degree. they got to find some consistency. Yeah, a lot of teams have had the ups and downs that they have had. There have been a lot of crazy scores. They're a game behind the Lakers. They just had one of them back. They could be tied for first. Of course, you got a gazillion teams separated by just two games. They did win with defense in 96-86. That's uh, the first time they've held a team under 100 points, and they held them under 90. It's the first time they've been held under 100 and still won a game. They've been held under a couple times and lost. I thought a lot of things about that game in Detroit uh, – were pretty good and exactly as you'd scripted. The thing is the offense down the stretch. That w- that was the big red flag. I mean, to jump out to that big 17-point lead, everything was going great. Uh, you know the other team's going to make a run. That's pretty common. We saw that in multiple games just yesterday, the Lakers and the Warriors. The difference is the Lakers had a bigger lead and never let Houston get it down to single digits, whereas the Jazz were up five a little less than two minutes ago. But they had a little cushion, and that's good when a guy banks in a three-point shot. You need a little cushion just in case something unlucky happens. And they had it, and they won. So as you say, on to Cleveland. Washington's the other trip, and both those games look winnable, although you've been checking out Cleveland's guards, and there's two things you've noticed about them, PK. One, they're good, and two, they're not there lately. No, Sexton and Garland haven't been playing. I don't know what the status is, and uh, what was it, uh, leg or foot or toe or something on Exum somewhere down there. And he's going to be out for a little bit, so they may not even be close to full strength. Westbrook's not supposed to play tonight for the Wizards against Phoenix. We'll see what that matters for later in the week. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. 
Thunder down a bucket. Kills Alexander into the heart of the paint. Across his body. Banks home a tough 10-footer. My goodness. Murray gets a high pick to Nikola Jokic. Bounce pass on the pick and roll. Stutter step. Drive. Dunked it home with two hands for Nikola Jokic. His fifth dunk of the season. AD's had a couple of great games in a row. Blocking at least three blocks in a couple of games. Could go along with three steals. And he's got nothing but net from the right side, right hand. Leonard Wiggles goes into and past the elbow. Finger roll home. Kawhi Leonard then goes down hard. Got tangled up with Temple. But Kawhi's up to 35 points for the game. There's some of the highlights from a uh, busy day in the NBA. A lot of the contenders in the West are just talking about how it's all... uh, It's just so competitive at the top. The Clippers are a half game in front of the Jazz. They beat the Bulls 130 to 127. Kawhi Leonard, 35 points and no mask. Yeah, they just say that the mask was off, and so maybe for him that mattered to where he played well. I don't know about that, but nevertheless, he had 35. I thought the the other night when they lost, he said some things have to change. That was the big thing. so they did change to an extent. I mean, the Bulls with Levine, man, he's scoring all sorts of points. What do you have, 45 yesterday against the, uh, yeah, the, Bulls the had Clippers? A, and the Bulls had 127. That is a big number to not win a game. So it's probably yeah. not everything changed, but enough change that they won. That's what it matters. Lakers won. 120-102 to 102 over the Rockets. Anthony Davis had 27. Uh, Marquise Morris and DeMarcus Cousins were both ejected. Cousins swiping down at the ball and catching a big chunk of LeBron James's head. <laughs> okay. Those are two guys that you would expect to be ejected. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a list of players in the game. Guess which two guys got kicked out. Yeah. Uh, I'll take my chances with Marquise Morris and DeMarcus Cousins. Warriors won again. They've won four out of the last five. They beat the Raptors 106-105. They had a big lead in that game. They blew it and, and fell behind and then managed to pull it out right at the end. Yeah, so. They fall behind. I like that. I yeah. like the emphasis on behind. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. So there, after a terrible start, they're pulling it together a little bit, and they are uh, right there side-by-side side with the Jazz right now. They are also off to a 6-4 and four start. Yes, they are. Miami and Boston did not play. That looked like a, uh, a big game after the way the playoffs have gone the last couple of years. But uh, COVID-19 issues, contract tracing protocols. So uh, Celtics didn't have enough guys el- eligible to play. And the Hawks guard, Bogdan Bogdanovich, suffered a fractured right cheek. Or excuse me, right cheek. How did I do that? Monday morning, PK. Fractured right knee. Knee, cheek. Is that close? And uh, I think you were thinking of, uh, you know, Philadelphia and Mo Cheeks. Probably not, but yeah. sure, that's as good a cover story as anything. He is set to miss extended time. MRI reveals an avulsion fracture. Small chunk of bone attached to a tendon or ligament gets pulled away from the main part of the bone. That's an avulsion fracture. That's gruesome. That's more than I need to know. How yeah. about Kyrie Irving not playing for, what, his third game? And they're saying, reports are, that he's upset of what happened last week. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, 5-6. and six. They're not even in a playoff spot right now. Kyrie, you're going to need to uh, help the Nets win games. Really, this is where everyone's going to – every reporter, every talk show host can borrow the Paul George phrase, right? When they're paying you that kind of money, you owe them a championship. 
Yeah, I don't know that you owe somebody that, but I think you owe them the ability to go to work and play as hard as you can. I think they owe you that. Uh, it'd be nice. I, I like what Paul said, but I mean, Irving's—he's uh, been—he's been, he's been a, wild, a lot. He's been a wild card. Yeah, I mean, what do you think of that? Should, should he not be playing because of what happened? Uh, no, I would think he should be playing. And I think I think there are probably plenty of people in America who are upset for a wide variety of reasons who are still going to work, including lots of NBA players and clearly lots of NFL players. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, the Utes were up by 10 at the half, probably playing as well as they can, PK, but Oregon... Forced turnovers, started running, and ended up coming back to win that game 79-73. It was a good first half for the Utes, but man, Oregon at the start of the second half took care of that lead in pretty short order and made it a competitive game, and then from there got the win. Yeah, I had hope for the Utes watching that game, uh, but it it was they saw it fritter away, as Yach says. I like that. They frittered it away. Uh, but yeah, you would have thought that they would have been able to hold Oregon at bay a little bit longer in the second half, but no, that went out the window, and here they are again, losing. Ryland Jones said in the uh, media availability before the game that, um, you know, that we can't turn the ball over because they'll get out and run, and he says when they get in the transition, they just kill people doing that. I mean, they just, they, they put up big murder in a hurry. Man, that's strong. Yeah, and that's what they did. They got some turnovers, they got some quick hoops, and they're right back in the game. Utah State, nobody gets back in the game with Utah State. Well, maybe this week. Not last week. New Mexico gets beat 82-46. to Aggies winning by about 33 points a game as they get off to a 6-0 start in the Mountain West. I don't know the last time we saw one of our local teams win six straight conference games by an average of 33 points. And I know they haven't played some of the better teams in the league, and that is probably about to change here. But it's been a good run. Now, can they can they do it against San Diego State? Well, I'm interested to see what the Aggies can do against Gonzaga in the tournament. Nice. In the national semifinals, you're thinking, or in the regional final? How will that be seeded? That's up to the committee. I don't know how that's going to play out. We have to go. you you got to do the whole body of work. Right. And The whole body of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, Boise State and Utah State are both 6-0. and Now, the teams that they've blown out, the Lobos are 0-6, the Spartans are 0-6. Air Force is 1-5. So, yes, it's been six awesome wins, but right now as it stacks up, those are three of the four worst teams in the league. And UVU started a bit whack play with back-to-back wins over Cal, Baptist, and U Southern Utah won. They are 9-1 overall, 4-0 in the big sky, and in first place after an 83-67 win over Idaho. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Josh firing deep down near the end zone, looking for Diggs. He's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo! There's Stephon Diggs, a 35-yard hookup with Josh Allen. Touchdown, Bills! A play action. Goff lost the ball. Left side, caught the five. Robert Woods walks in and launches it into the stands in celebration. Touchdown, L.A., and the Rams are advancing. 
Bucks. Third down three. They need to reach the Washington 33. Dropping deep. Brady throws the ball to the right side. He's got to be open. Antonio Brown, 3-2-1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jackson to throw. Steps up. Pocket collapsing. He escapes. He's to the 40-yard line. 35-30. Lamar Jackson to the 20. Leg race, 10-5. And he's pushed out of bounds at the one-yard line. No! Signal is touchdown. Lamar Jackson. First and 10 from the 11. Breeze under center. Looks to throw over the middle. Has Mike Thomas across the goal line. Touchdown! Baker's got the snap on third down and four. Delivers the ball. It's caught. Landry's got it at the 25. At the 20. People's Jones blocking for him. He's at the 10. The 5. He leaps and scores! Touchdown! And the Browns lead 13-0! Six NFL playoff games. That felt like something that is here to stay, PK. (laughs) The playoffs are not going to be uh, going back once it's 12 teams. Oh, the Bears, okay, that was a bad game, and they're 8-8, and and they got in. But on the whole, that felt like something the NFL liked. We're going to be seeing more of that going forward. Yeah, I would think the casual fan didn't even notice that this was new as far as that goes. They're just looking at these are playoff games. Well, if you're going to play three Saturday, you're going to play three Sunday in the first week, obviously. So, yeah, I think it was a hit, an opportunity to make some more money, give some teams some more hope, give their fans some more hope, get excited about it. So, sure, yeah, if you don't make it, then, you know, you have more disappointment and there's more pressure on the coaches. Wait a second, we've got it added another one and you still didn't make it? But... <laughs> They're probably going to be fired at some point anyway. It seems like that's a big merry-go-round of coaching that we go through. If you have your job for 10 years in the NFL, that's a shocker. So as far as that goes, yeah, the games were good. I I like the Brown-Steelers last night, my kind of game, all sorts of offense. And turnovers. Of the six games, road teams won four of them, which is a lot. But, of course, there's no crowds. And so, you know, does that fire up players? And does that intimidate refs into making or not making calls? And and go through all of that. I would think of the four road teams that won. A couple of them, I mean, you could see Tampa Bay at Washington coming. That wasn't a surprise. Uh, you, the Ravens uh, came in on a five-game win streak. The fact that they won in Tennessee, that game I think kind of looked like a toss-up going in. But were you more surprised by the Rams winning in Seattle or the way the Browns beat the Steelers? Well, if you're going to have that many turnovers, that's going to uh, lead to a whole bunch of points. So if you throw that in there, you can see how that happened. But Baker Mayfield, you know, he's come around. Uh, Maybe he's just grown up. And they found some stability. They're not changing coaches every three weeks and all that stuff. Taki-taki with the big interception. So that was fun to see. Uh, The Ravens, they did have fans there in Tennessee. I think they had had 13,000 or something. But the Seahawks' offense at the end of the season, or really in the middle of the season, uh, became much less efficient and prolific. And I need to be on record as uh, I know what I'm talking about because my team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, Seattle, goes out in the first round. So I'm a shrewd evaluator. But I was very, very surprised that the offense didn't have more success. Well, when you were talking about them winning the Super Bowl early in the year, the offense was awful. Uh, or excuse me, defense. the offense was great and the defense was awful. And as the course of the season went on, those two things flipped. Their defense became pretty good and their offense really wasn't nearly as productive. And in the middle of the season, they had a lot of injuries and DK Metcalf, who was making plays deep, they got that taken away, and it's like the Seahawks didn't have any counter for that. And that's the kind of thing that happens over the course of a season. And the turnovers, 
uh, killed them. They only had two. It wasn't as many as the Steelers had. It wasn't dramatic on the first play of the game and all that. But the pick six, not just the points, but huge momentum swing for the Rams. And then whatever last chance they had late in the game, and I don't think it was very good, but they did have a chance. They were getting a punt with seven minutes to go, you know, and they needed to go score, get a stop and score again. And they fumbled the punt and gave the Rams a short field to put the game away. So those two turnovers sunk them. And those are the only two turnovers in the game for either team. Goff coming back from that injury, that was kind of amazing. Man, when you hear guys getting pins in his thumb, you don't expect to win a playoff game, but... He or did. he had to come back. He did, there, yeah. There Holford no got there. hurt and uh, looked like either neck injury or concussion or both. Ended up being diagnosed as a stinger. Yeah, the stinger. I think it was more the neck. Uh, for the record, I don't have them winning the Super Bowl. I had the Chiefs repeating, but I had them coming They had the them NFC. going. Yes. Uh, so uh, that was a surprise there. But the Rams, I've seen. To, I've been, been wanting to count them out all season. I've actually counted them out like three times, and they keep coming back. Uh, Zach Moss, ankle injury. Don't know if he'll be available. The Bills beat the Colts in the first game, their first playoff win since 95, and the Browns had their first since 94 and all that. So the the Bills and the Browns advance. The Browns are going to Kansas City. The Bills are going to host the Ravens. Don't know if Zach Moss will be able to go in that game as he went off on a cart there late in the game. Uh, DJ and PK, what else? We got anything else we need to pass along? Donald Trump, the president, is going to award the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. What has he done to get the Medal of Freedom? Supported him? Ellen DeGeneres got it. What did she do? Yeah, I don't know. What do you have to do to get that thing? I don't get it. Uh, They have to nominate you, I guess, and then the president says okay, and then you do that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Matt looks, end zone, up, goes to Wow! Over the head of the defensive back. 13 yards. Unbelievable catch for Devontae Smith. Fields is going to throw, and he arches that one down the right side toward the end zone for Olave. Grabs in traffic, comes down with it. Touchdown, Chris Olave on a 28-yard pass from Justin Fields. And in traffic, Olave comes down with his 10th TD catch of the year. Alabama and Ohio State tonight. They'll be down there on the uh, the Dolphins field playing for the college football national championship. Who you got tonight, PK? How's this going to play out? Well, I, it's really hard for me to say because anytime you have two Cinderellas in this thing, anything can happen here. Nice. Bama number one, Ohio State number three. Bama is an eight and a half point favorite. They set the over under at 75 points. So you put those things together. Vegas expects something along the lines of 42-34 maybe, 42-35, somewhere in that range. That would add up to the total points and the and the spread. And the uh, Alabama defense has been giving up points this year and Ohio State. So for Ohio State to get there, you can see that. But Bama's offense is pretty much been unstoppable. Can they just go down the field, drive after drive, and then the Bama defense just needs a few stops, not a lot of them, to win the game. They can go down the field against the Rams, so of course they can go through Ohio State. And I, I'm, I'm sort of bored with this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but at the same time, we're going to watch. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But see, we're the hardcore. It's just losing the casual fans that will impact the ratings. 
It was the the BCS has been I written. It was doomed because Bam. About the I know, but but Bam and LSU rematch, which we didn't like, but we watched. But it wasn't watched by the casual fans. It got low ratings, and people say that was the impetus for expanding the playoffs. I don't care about the ratings. Yeah, but you care if they expand the playoffs. That's money, man. So that of course they're going to expand the playoffs. That's no matter what the ratings are. If I can make another dollar. They're going to do it. So just when you, I just want you to know, going forward, when you bring them ratings, I'm checking out. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh has agreed to a new deal to remain with the Wolverines. He's going to get a base salary of $4 million annually after making $8 million this season. Now, he's got a lot of bonuses built in, so chance to make more money there. But it's been pointed out by a lot of people since this news broke, and it broke at the, after our show on Friday. There was a lot of it was coming out, that... Auburn changed head coaches, and they won more than Michigan's been winning. But that wasn't good enough. And so I'm wondering, do you keep going to the SEC because they pay more money, or does the SEC start seeing people say, what do I want to go there for? I can average nine wins, I can win the conference, and you'll just fire me anyway. I'll stay here, I got the good money, and I'm going to settle in, and uh, they'll build a statue for me here, and I'll make more money than I can ever spend. Is this ever going to work against the SEC? People are going to chase money. I mean, that's if that's what you're asking. Is that how, what? Sure, but Harbaugh's getting money. You don't have to go to the SEC. We've seen the well, SEC I mean, poach coaches. I from mean, the but yeah, but you just randomly choose Michigan Harbaugh versus the MC. You've created an argument that doesn't exist. Well, Harbaugh's the guy in the news now. But, but he's he's have SEC. Why? Why? I don't. Yeah, you bring up SEC as somehow it's detrimental to the SEC that Michigan is har- retaining Harbaugh. I don't. I don't understand that. Well, it plays into that. It means more in the SEC. You know, people you, are going to follow the cash. Is this breaking news here? But you don't have to go to the SEC to get the cash. There's how many Division One t- head coaching jobs? Yeah, one thirty. Okay, well, they. they I, I, I really don't. I don't understand what your point is here. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News, is going to join us in about 20 minutes to talk about Alabama and Ohio State and the state of college football. And Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is coming up at 8.05. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated. The past few years, the Jazz have gotten off to slow starts, and we try to come up with theories every single year as to why maybe they start a little slower than we would expect. Do you have any theories as to why that happens to teams? I don't. I mean, look, in any given season, it happens in this league. You guys know that this is generally my philosophy on these things. If you're an established team, I'm not worried about you getting off to a slow start. We know what the Jazz are. We know what they're capable of. They brought back whatever 90-something percent of their core. There's no reason to think this start is indicative of, of some larger problem. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Texas Toast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months plus 
a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. All right, time for the question of the day. And PK, the Jazz win. They win on Friday. They win on Sunday on a two-game win streak, 6-4, and four, top four in the West. Evaluate the ball club after 10 games. What do you think so far? Been some disappointing losses mixed in there. Been some exciting wins mixed in there. Tony says it's better. Mitchell's looking like his old self. Team starting to gel. My hope is they continue to work through the times they struggle more quickly. Don't just rely on the three-pointer. Well, they didn't rely on the three-pointer to win in Detroit. But will there be more of that? Brad says they still have consistency issues. And they're having a hard time hanging on to big leagues. I think that as far as the three-pointer, it's useless to discuss it. I think BYU should get rid of the honor code. (laughs) This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. So what's the point? They don't don't necessarily rely on it. I don't don't know if that's the case, but they are going to take them. They're just simply going to take them. And so if you have a problem with them taking them, well, that's on you because they're not changing. (laughs) So this is who they are. This is who they're going to be. This is – who they will be, that's for sure. Uh, I think that we're seeing that when this team is on, it's extremely dangerous. It's really good because they have the ability to onslaught you. Now, how good can they be consistently? That remains to be seen. Can they be on four times in the first round? Because that's what it's going to take. right? To me, any success or failure or whatever judgment we're going to make on this team is going to be on the postseason, which is what you want. Uh, you don't want to be one of those teams that they're in the rebuilding phase. So, oh, yeah, we made some progress here and try to spin it that way. No, I want success in the postseason. And if you have it, uh, I'm going to grade you favorably. If you don't have it, I'm not going to grade you. No matter what stat you can come at me with point differential or this or that, did you win four games in the playoffs? And then did you win another four games and so forth? But right now, my complete and total concentration and focus is on winning four in that first round. And then we'll go from there, depending on what the matchup is. Uh, The first round, you're going to have a good matchup either way because the West has a lot of depth. It's quality of team. So as far as seeding goes in the first round, uh, unless you're eight playing one, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of difference there. You know, you may match up better individually against a team. I can understand that. But it's too much. It's way too early, way too muddled to even be coming close to worry about that. But the positive is that when this team is on, I mean, it can be lights out. Well, we've seen that, and that's what we saw really Friday in Milwaukee. That, are they going to play much better than that? You know, that's, that's a team that we think is going to have a lot more wins and losses and a team that's uh, equipped to have a playoff run. Uh, and it looked pretty easy. But at the same time, that comes on the heels of it looking pretty bad against the Knicks, who we don't think is going anywhere in the postseason. So it's still all over the map. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm more encouraged by the Milwaukee win than I am discouraged by the Knicks loss. And that is because? 
because Milwaukee's supposed to be this better team, mm-hmm. and you were up for the game. It was coming off a very, very disappointing, disheartening loss. So to me, even though they all count the same, I understand that, I thought that there was more mentally at stake, not literally because a loss is a loss and a win's a win, but knowing that, hey, guys, man, if Mitchell – if, if, I don't know that he said it to these guys. If i got to go on that Zoom call and answer these stupid questions one more time, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. You know, Not that they're stupid, but you get the point. Uh, that you just want to keep saying the same thing. Well, the only way you're going to change that dialogue is to go out and win. So I thought that was a little bit, a mini, I don't want to overstate it, but it was a mini gut check. And you know, like all the cliches, answering the bell and all that stuff. They came out fired up. And I happen to think Milwaukee is the most overrated team in the league. But nevertheless, they've got some players. They've got two guys that have made all-star teams. And uh, Holiday still finding his way. He's very good. And so that was a very, very nice win. Most likely, to, the, to date anyway, the best of the six that they had. So given the fact the way that it fell coming off a couple of the, – the Nets loss was awful because you got smoked right from the start. Uh, the Knicks loss, you had a nice lead, and then you let some journeyman Austin Rivers just cream you right at the end. So that all sorts of frustration was bottling up. And to come out with that type of performance without one of their guys, the Ingles did not play. And so that they, they're not super deep in that way. They've got a solid – uh, eight, nine guys, and, you know, they took him out. And they went with Favors at, at the four, played those two guys, Gobert and he, together a little bit. Seemed to work. I mean, the defense on, on Tacumbo was pretty good. Derek Favors is a valuable member of this team, obviously. So I thought that I, I took away more encouragement. And then as far as yesterday, I'm thinking, all right, well, they had this huge win here. Now just go find a way to win. Find a way to beat a crummy team in Detroit. And I don't really care how it looks like or what it looks like. Just find a way to do it, and they did it. So right now, I'm back up. To me, the arrow is pointing up. And I'm hoping, but hope, I don't carry much weight in the word hope, but I am hoping that that the arrow won't completely flip-flop like it has. The arrow has been totally down, and then it's totally up, it's totally down, it's totally up. You know what I mean? Maybe ha- yes. find some happy medium there. <laughs> I, do, I do know what you mean. Uh, the win over Portland, that was a really good win. The win over Clippers was a really good win. The Bucks win. But at the same time, you lose to the Knicks, you lose to Minnesota, and the Nets without Durant. Well, those are the three. Right. So you got three really good wins and three really bad losses. And so it's not surprising they're 6-4, and four, but, man, if you had tried to figure this out on paper – uh, before they played these 10 games, that would have been really different. And it, I think it's just when you're a fan and you see them look good against these teams that we think are going to end up being pretty good teams, you're wondering, well, how come they're not 7-3 seven or three, seven and three or 8-2 and two right now? And bad losses happen. They happen to everybody. They do. Uh, right now, the Lakers have the best record in the league at 8-3. and three. So Jazz are a game and a half off the best record in the league. Well, if you put it that perspective, you know, maybe one – Possibly two more wins, uh, you can argue. If you if you don't look at the teams that they play and you don't look at the complexion of the games, if you just look at uh, overall ten games, you know, anytime you go eight and two in a ten game stretch in the league, I think that's very very good. I would take that any ten game stretch of the season to go eight and two for sure. 
uh, no, really just about in any sport at the professional level or maybe even college level unless you're Alabama and these guys, you know, you two losses and, oh, my gosh, I would love to see what would happen if Saban ever had two or three losses. Uh, I'm not sure he lives. He burst all blood vessels in his body. But well, certainly at the pro level, if you're winning eight out of ten, you're taking that. Uh, so that probably is a little bit too much to expect consistently. Uh, but they've got to find some level of consistency in that. The good thing about it, though, is you're not trying to get blood from a rock here because they know they have it. We know they have it. Everyone knows they have it in them. Now you have to find a way to manifest it. But we all we all know it's there. I don't think any of us, even the hardcore, most cynical jazz fan or jazz hater, well, I think, would, at least I would think so, would be tough to argue that it's not there, that they don't have it within them. Well, we've seen it in enough big games that there's something there. Now, of course, we want to see them, uh, you know, play the Lakers because they're the defending champs and they're the gold standard, but, you know, that'll come soon enough. All right, DJ and PK, we've got to take a break. You can keep hitting us up with your takes on the, uh, the Jazz through the first 10, and we will get to those. We'll talk with Steve Cleveland about that coming up in about 20 minutes. Coming up next, though, the national championship game tonight for college football. Bill Bender will join us from the Sporting News, National College Football Writer. Talk Bama, Ohio State, and the State of College Football, and we'll do that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Former NFL and Ute great Eric Weddle. You play for a chance at a championship, right? 27 straight years I've played football, and I have zero championships to my name. Now, we did go undefeated in 04, but we weren't number one in the country. We didn't get a BCS championship ring, so that doesn't count. And I never won a Super Bowl, never won a high school CIS championship, never won Pop Warner championship. So that's why I played, and now every guy that's in the playoffs has a chance to experience that. When a guy holds up that trophy after they won the Super Bowl, you will envision yourself doing that. That's why it's the greatest sport in the world. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. So here comes the championship game. Alabama and Ohio State. You knew this was coming when the season kicked off, which granted the kickoffs this season were all over the place. But once all these teams kicked off, you knew there was a good chance it could end up like this. Have there been any surprises along the way? Um... I mean, just the the entire season was surprising in a lot of ways. I mean, that's a general answer. I think one of the teams, uh, Coastal Carolina, in their season, and Jamie Chadwell, who was Sporting News Coach of the Year, I think they were an, an interesting surprise. I think how Notre Dame handled playing in the ACC was an interesting surprise. And um, the fact that we even get to the title game, but the way that we got there and the two teams we have and all the offense both of these teams have, I think it makes for a fitting finish. So as I look at this game, I'm expecting Alabama to score. They've scored on everyone. They had two Heisman finalists. We all know about the prolific nature of their offense. But I'm wondering about Ohio State's offense against Alabama's defense. When I look at Alabama's defense, I'm I'm wondering if it's a little overlooked to a point. You know, they were the 
they allowed the least uh, amount of points in the SEC, but yet we think about them as an offensive juggernaut, which I guess they are. How do you analyze the matchup between Ohio State's offense and Alabama's defense? I mean, you know, it's going to come down to Justin Fields and, and how does he make the big play in the passing game? How, you know, how hurt is he? It sounds like he's fine, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, I think that's part of it. You know, Trey Sermon's been this late season revelation for them, and it's been awesome to see. But they're going to need to run the football, and both teams have the same formula. And then when you got all these good big player receivers all over the place, and then. Um, a running game behind it, you got to wonder who, who gets that running game going first. And you know, Trey Sermon really set the tone against uh, Notre Dame, or I mean Clemson. Sorry, and uh, he can do that again on high state ball teams. So we know the politically correct answer that has to be said, but <laughs> how does a coach who's taking a job at another school still keep his focus on his last job when that next job? You're recruiting and you're hiring coaches, and how is there time in the day to do both? How does that yeah, really I mean, work? That's only a story if they lose. I mean, Tom Herman did this year at High State, mm-hmm. 14. There's been other coordinators do it. I mean, Kiffin, Kiffin called a decent game before he was let go uh, going into the championship game. But yeah, like I, it's my belief that these guys, yeah, they're probably not sleeping much, and yeah, he's going to be in bed tomorrow, I would imagine. But Steve Sarkeesian's done a fantastic job. I look for him to call a pretty good game. He called a great game last time he was in the championship game. He really did. And just like Clemson and Deshaun Watson made an extra play, and that was the difference. Otherwise, Steve Sarkeesian would have been one of the biggest stories from that title game. With Ohio State's defense, is it just a matter of pick your poison and whatever you're going to try to take away? You, maybe you'll have luck there, but Alabama's offense will just go the other direction and still light you up? Well, I think it's just getting stops on third downs. When these guys played in the, or out of the Super Bowl in 2015, Alabama was 2-13 on third down. And and that was a 42-35 game. And I think they need to follow that same formula, where they get opportune stops at the right times and just kind of go from there. Um, there's going to be points in this game. There's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of big plays in the passing game. There's going to be a lot of high emotions, given how much NFL talent for both teams is on the field. But uh, I think, it, it, honestly, the two kind of talking points, kind of cliche, but not really. Um, one, red zone offense. Got to score touchdowns. I guess I'll still in this game. And then two, one or two turnovers can really just switch the entire momentum, if, if that makes sense. And I don't think you can turn it over more than once <laughs> and, and expect to win this football game. What happened with Ohio State after um, maybe there was some doubt watching them play? Certainly the Indiana game put some doubt in people's minds about them. And then they were so good against Clemson. Is it just the small sample size and we overanalyze everything they do? Was the Indiana game just kind of a a one-off, an unusual game? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, part of it is they did have a small sample size. You know, they went five weeks and played two games at one point. So, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they respond tonight. This is really only the second game where they've had equal talent on the field. And, yeah, Ohio State's got a ton of four- and five-star talent, so I don't know why we were ever kind of undervaluing them. And then when, 
You saw it last night with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, too. And I've lived in Ohio my whole life, so I know this. When you play a disrespect card against Ohioans, they will use that to the fullest extent. And I know other places do, too. I get that. But you saw that full go last night with the Browns. When when they feel disrespected, and and I know it's the Browns, but when you disrespect – I guess when you disrespect a good team, that's going to happen. So the receiver for Alabama, Waddle, he returned to practice. Do you know if he's going to be able to play? Well, I mean, we'll find out when they start. But, I mean, all indications, I would guess he does. I mean, the point I would make there is you wouldn't talk about the guy that much if he wasn't going to play, if that makes sense. So I think we'll see him on the field. We'll see uh, how he does and and how he looks. But, uh, you know, it adds another element to an already – borderline unstoppable offense i mean that Devonte smith won the heisman and you could make a case that when waddle was on the field Devonte was the second best receiver on the team that's how yeah. much talent they've got at the position so yeah i'm hoping he does too because it'll add another element to an already awesome game and you know he'd probably add some more if he's able to do it he would definitely add more value in the return game Bill Bender joining us, National College football writer for the Sporting News. You referenced one of the other interesting stories in a bizarre year, you know, how Notre Dame handled the ACC. Is there any chance that getting a taste of that changed anybody's mind at Notre Dame about this in the long run? Or are they just <laughs> there and independent and that's the way it is and great, they were in a conference title game, but, but this was just a one-time deal? I think it's a one-time deal for now, but they have. To consider, I like how you put that because maybe down the road they should consider it. I mean, there are so many benefits to playing in a conference. It was great for the ACC. I thought it was good for Notre Dame, and I always look at their basketball programs and um, the benefits it's had for both of those. I think the girls' team has won a national championship. The men's team is a uh, boys' team has uh, made a couple Sweet Sixteens, Elite Eights. So I think they've won an ACC tournament. So. I think it just increases visibility. And I know they have long-standing rivalries with Navy and USC, and they used to play Big Ten schools. But um, I, I, I think they have to consider the benefits because it was, you get to play in a pretty cool league, and they did a nice job. So you being in Ohio, obviously it's a hotbed for college football with the Buckeyes and all that. But stepping away from that, do you think there's any level of boredom or apathy with the same few teams just about every year competing for the college football playoff? Oh, absolutely there is. Um, I think it's a conference-by-conference thing when you consider that High State's won four straight Big Ten championships. Oklahoma's won six in a row in the ACC, or Big 12. Clemson's six in a row in the ACC. The entire sport, you could say, in some ways revolves around Alabama. Yeah. The Pac-12 has been a little bit different, but at Oregon, I think they've won back-to-back now and they look like they're set up for a nice run. So, yeah, I, I think there is. There's an appetite for an 18 playoff. I don't think that appetite's with the school presidents and the power brokers, but it's definitely out there on Twitter. And uh, I don't know if that would fix the problem because I still think, as I've kind of coined this a little bit, you're, you could be a top-five team, but you're playing in a three-team sport. And right now those three teams are Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, and, and they've really dominated – this sport, even to the effect of, like like I mentioned, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Georgia, LSU, they're kind of in that second class. 
So really, whoever got number four this year was going to get blown out in the semifinal. We know Alabama handled uh, A&M uh, 52-24, so that's pretty convincing. And they made the semifinal pretty convincing. Was there anyone, with Cincinnati, you're in Ohio, would Cincinnati have given an Alabama game, or would it have been, hey, it's a reward for an undefeated season, you're the first group of five team in a semifinal, and now you're going to lose by a lot to Alabama? I think best case would have been they would have been, I didn't think Notre Dame got blown out, honestly. I just think they got knocked out. They got knocked out early, and then they played from there. Um, and that's what I tell people. Like, Notre Dame is, by record, the fourth best team in the country the last three years. So for the people that call them fraud and this and that, there's just a huge gap between three and everyone else. I mean, Cincinnati may have played that same game or gotten blown out, and, and that's just where we're at. Um, again, it's just a, it just feels a little bit like a three-team sport. I think they're not going to see that, though, because the ratings from tonight's game will be huge because of the two fan bases that they got in the championship game. So what can the others do to close that gap? Uh, it starts with recruiting and piling up that four- and five-star talent. Um, the other thing those three schools do, and LSU does this and Georgia does as well. I mean, I wrote a story for us last week. I mean, Alabama and Ohio State could play – a game with all of their players in the NFL and they'd have full rosters. It's crazy to think of it that way, man. It'd probably be a pretty good game. Probably as good as some of these wild card games we've watched this weekend. Um, They pile up, they develop talent. Well, you know, in 18 playoffs, there's been that argument that, well, yeah, if there are more teams have the exposure of being in the playoffs, it'll balance the talent out a little bit. Well, that's easier said than done. I mean, Ryan Day, Dabo, uh, Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, they've done an outstanding job of piling up talent. So is Kirby at Georgia. It's just that they're in the same conference with maybe the longest-running dynasty the sport's ever seen. So Saban keeps losing assistant coaches because they keep getting great jobs because they win so much with him. Uh, he's getting older now. Is he going to keep going through these coaches and just replacing one good coach with another good coach and basically win like Bobby Bowden, only more at a higher level? That's what he's been doing. There's no signs that he's going to slow down. So he does a good job coaching his coaches. And I know that's another cliche, and I'm sorry for it, but it can't be denied. I mean, when Butch Jones comes through there and then he gets a head coaching job. Lane Kiffin's a good football coach at Ole Miss. They're going to be a top 25 team next year. He used to be a punchline. Steve Sarkeesian, people wanted to talk about his past at USC and Washington. Well, I think he'll do okay. Uh, okay being I know how much of a high-pressure job Texas is and the expectations are always over the top. But as relative to what they have, I think he's going to do a pretty good job there. So, yeah, I think that's what Nick Saban maybe – crowning achievement is that in some ways i mean he can pass bear bryant tonight but you look at all the guys he sent it to the nfl and you look at how he's kind of rehab the, the coach's image in, in a lot of ways for several of his coaches i think it's an awesome thing so who do you got um i picked alabama 38 35 i think it's gonna be close it's gonna resemble that sugar bowl they played a couple years ago but it's hard to pick against that Crimson Tide offense. And I think if Mac Jones has time to throw, um, there's only so much you can do. And I think they get revenge for a couple years ago. And But it's close. It's going to be a fun game. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, Bill. Thanks for coming on. 
Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Bill Bender, you can read him in the Sporting News, National College Football Writer. Now it's all .com, PK. Back in the day, they used to be uh, mailing uh, stuff all over the country. But the Sporting News brand lives on. Thanks to Bill for uh, coming on. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, back to basketball, our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland here, talking jazz and talking college hoops as well. Stay with us.